Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to another episode of To Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hey, I'm Matt Stewart. Welcome to Christmas. And I am Jess Perkins and I just also wanted to say welcome to Christmas. Well, if I could correct both of you and say welcome everybody to Krish Mish. Of course, I knew we'd say it wrong. This Damn is it. our, uh, we, we, can't, we shouldn't be getting it wrong, this is our, I can't believe this, our sixth annual Christmas episode now. Which doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. Name them all, Jess. What have we done in the past? So pe- <laughs> fucking no. Because you know, around the world, it's people's Christmas tradition, so Christmas tradition of listening to the marathon. So it starts with Santa Claus, yeah. an origin story. story. Then I think maybe Krampus, Evil Santa. Then we did Christmas Christmas mysteries. mysteries. Part one. Part one. That was the one where halfway we did it live in Brisbane, and I realised. Midpoint that it was a bit too grim. <laughs> it was so, it, was it was the was most really grim, grim love report we'd done up until that point. But don't worry, we did serial killer special once. <laughs> Just did Doctor Death. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> that one was only ever released to the patrons. The only people who could handle it. So that's the first three. Then there was Christmas Mysteries Part Two. Yes, that's right. Which included a wide, diehard 
is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yes. The Warminster thing and the Eggnog Rides. And then what was the one after that? Oh, what was a live one in London? Yeah, that's right. We all did a mini Christmas topic each. Uh, did we? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did one about Christmas land. Yeah, a oh. place in North America. Yes, that's right. Little I town. That was now. a lot of fun. And I did the Stone of Scone heist. Where on Christmas Day they stole the... Oh, that was a great story. ...famous uh, Stone of Scone from Westminster Abbey. And Jess, what did you do? <laughs> no <laughs> Mariah idea. Mariah Carey. No, Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Short history. That's right. Fantastic. Oh God, well done. I, I was starting that expecting not to get through it. But yeah. We, you did we very well. We got there. So if you do want to do the marathon leading up to this episode, you can go back and listen to all of those. They're all in the, the usual feed. But Jess has a report this week on a... Another Christmas topic that Matt and I are unaware of. So how the show works is we take it in turns to report on a topic. It's not always Christmas themed, but once a year it is and it's Jess's <laughs> turn. We always uh, uh, start the show with a question to get us onto topic. Yes. And uh, my question is, what Boxing Day event has been referred to as Britain's Roswell? Oh, Boxing Day event. Britain's it's Roswell. not the Warminster thing. It's it's not. It easily could have been though, couldn't it? You would Surely. never remember. I would not have known. <laughs> Is it something we would have heard of? Probably not. It's not. It's like the blob no. or <laughs> the happening. It's not the happening. The occurrence. It's an incident. Oh. Okay. The uh, something incident. The felching incident. They. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought we'd never talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we agreed. We said we'd never discuss that. No, Sorry. it is the Rendlesham Forest incident. Oh, oh man, I, 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 I don't know this one, but I, I love anything that's listed as an incident. We've done uh, a few. Forest. Oh, oh, I mean, on yeah. a forest. So Big time. Whereabouts in, is it? It's in the UK. Oh, yeah. A British forest. Yeah. That's what, like Robin Hood hangs out in there. Yeah. Etc. 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 Maid Marion. Maid Marion. Probably so fairies, goblins, hobgoblins. Easily. <laughs> All of them. Any involved in They're this? all there. Well, I mean... Well, it's an incident. That's the thing. We're, yeah. we're not sure. Ooh. Oh, okay. Multiple. So maybe it is Spoiler. goblins. Um, so what I did was, because we're in Europe, I thought I'll find a Christmas topic that is set in Europe. Mm. And I put three up to the Patreons to vote on. And one of them, extremely Christmassy, has been suggested easily a dozen times um, and would be a really wholesome... Easy report to do, a nice Christmas story. Did that get voted for? Absolutely not. Oh, no. This one did, and there's a there's a pretty good reason why, but it's also a story that there isn't heaps of information on, and the main source well, – not the main source, but one of the main sources I was able to find was the uh, rendlesham-forest-incident.com. Who, oh, they got um, the .com. <laughs> and let's just say, like, whoever's behind that website um, definitely has their opinions – and um, it's not the most balanced <laughs> reporting, you know? Okay. Without knowing what this is about, I'm intrigued. That's so fascinating. Are we imagining the kind of website that hasn't been updated in about 15 to 20 years? Oh, maybe not 15, easily 10. Okay, love yeah, that. Yeah, hasn't been updated for a while. Um, I, look, I've got plenty of um, excerpts from that website, so you'll get a feel for <laughs> for the writer for sure. But They're like having a dig at the, the neighbouring town or something. Oh, <laughs> Sheffield's got a shit football team. Anyway, anyway uh, back to the incident. Not that I'm biased. And it's like, oh, I reckon you might be a little bit. This one's been suggested only three times in uh, in The Hat by Brian Blunt, Robin and Aaron Wolf. So thank you to Ooh, those Robin three Hood. 
for your <laughs> suggestion. So Matt asked where it was. Well, Rendlesham Forest is a large pine forest east of Ipswich in Suffolk in England. And nearby are the twin NATO air bases, RAF Bentwaters and RAF Woodbridge. And in the early 80s, both bases were being leased to the United States Air Force. Oh, here we go. Buddy. The uh, buddy Seppo's uh, coming in, taking up the UK forests, eh? Oh, tell you what, eh? Hey, what have <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, well, Uncle Sam has wandered in, has he? He's taken oh, he's cleared a bit of the forest land, has he? Yeah, oh, what has he got? Oh, what has he got? A couple of his ace pilot fighters up and about, has he? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, what about us? Hey, we were there in the beginning. We settled you, didn't we? And now all of a sudden you're in our hometown. Well, fair enough. We did, we did in reverse. You've come back. Apologies. Oh, uh, proceed. I love so that. <laughs> wow. Just, it's, this is the kind of unbiased reporting that this website gives us. Um, less, less rambling somehow. Um, <laughs> wow. So this is, uh, this is from the Rendlesham Forest Incident.com. It was the early hours of December 26, 1980. Staff Sergeant Jim Penniston, the on-duty flight chief for the Woodbridge base, was enjoying a midnight snack when he received a call from the security centre telling him Airman, Airman First Class Cabin Sag, incredible name, was on his way to collect him. Now, a few questions there. What kind of name is Cabin Sag? Don't yeah, know, what, love saying what, it. That's all one word, Cabin, cabin sag. sag. What's he having for a midnight snack? Uh, it doesn't say. We can only assume crisps. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to have at midnight, you know? I mean, uh, you get a bit thirsty with crisps, I reckon. Maybe yeah. a dark chocolate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but actually, peanut oh, yeah, butter. After dinner mint. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at midnight, it's normally after dinner. I stand corrected. But, yeah, I mean, his name's wild, but also his title. Cabin First Class or whatever it was. Airman First Class. Cabin First Class. <laughs> I was thinking of where he was staying. <laughs> the First Class Cabin. Mm. So, uh, Penniston was then instructed to meet up with two of the base's military police, Staff Sergeant Bud Steffens and Airman First Class John Burrows. When they met, Steffens and Burrows told him they'd seen some strange lights over the forest and that there might be a problem. Okay. Ooh, light problem. Thinking that the men may have seen a downed aircraft, Penniston told Burrows that they should go and investigate. Penniston was shocked when he heard Steffens insist that it couldn't have been a crash because he'd already seen the strange light actually land. A weirdly worded sentence, also names spelt differently each time. Wow. Strange light land. Landing. He'd seen the, the strange light land. land. Like, I mean, if you have a torch and you point it down, is it landing on the ground? Yeah, yeah. is the light that's shining from these lights west near... That's landing on your where face. It's bouncing off... Is that... Yeah. Landing? Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah, I guess landing all over you, mate. If I was writing in some sort of old yeldy poetic style, maybe you would say that. The light off y yonder sun lands on the shore before me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, I reckon. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Put on your tombstone. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Thank With you. With a torch. Oh. <laughs> That's just sort of... Hangs on a weird little tripod <laughs> next to his his grave. And then we have to go every night to turn on the oh, torch. Change the batteries. <laughs> Once oh a day. Nightmare. You God, are it's what you wanted in your will, though. Burdensome in life and in no, death. Come on. <laughs> Give us a break. Just die quietly. <laughs> no, I will not. I will not go quietly into yonder. 
Would you haunt us, Matt? If I had the ability to, I'd haunt you, though, with fun and secrets from beyond. Oh, that's nice. Hey, Jess, it's real good here. Kill yourself. (laughs) 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 I was like, all right. Uh, He he wouldn't lie to me. A strange voice in my head said, don't waste time. (laughs) Come join. (laughs) So, Peniston... Cabin Sag and Burroughs jumped into a vehicle and went out to have a look. There, they saw a really bright light shining through the trees. Has it landed? Like, <laughs> but it's like real bright. Landing oh, through okay. the trees. It's like super bright. It's like abnormally bright. Do you know what right, I mean? Right, okay, like spotlight bright. Yeah. Someone's left their headlights on. Oh, yeah. high beams high are beams. on. Oh, no. Yeah. Come on. Well, and you give them the flick of your it? high beams to try and yeah. Yeah. indicate. Hey, just a subtle reminder. Hey. Hey, 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 mine are on, mine are on, fuck you, I'm blinding you back. <laughs> fuck you. Hey, no, fuck hey, you. fuck you. <laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> Driving with Dave scope. is yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, anger. I do a lot of morse. Get <laughs> fucked, dick, <laughs> head. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I was once driving with our friend uh, Nick, Kappa, mm. along a road not far from here, and ca- two cars in a row flashed me. And I said something to Nick like, oh, just because they're driving like bloody cowards, taking their time around down this narrow road and they're flashing me because I'm sort of just getting it done. And then <laughs> not long after realised my lights went on. Uh, <laughs> Cowbirds <they were> <laughs> so sheepishly like, they were, they were trying to save ours and their lives. Yeah, I thought I just let me know my lights weren't on. Jesus. That's, I don't know why, but when I see cars at night without their lights on, that angers me quickly. You know, high beams and stuff, you can forget they're on, okay, whatever, we pass each other. But lights, I'm like, turn your fucking lights on, dickhead, come on. I don't know why. So it was probably me flashing you that time. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. That was a few years ago. I've learnt uh, yeah. from those mistakes. I no longer hang out with Nick Kappa. <laughs> for one. Don't drive at night. Um, okay, so they've jumped into the car. They're out to have a look. There's a bright light. And as they got further into the thick forest, it became too hard to drive. So they got out of the vehicle and continued on foot. As they got closer to the light, they started to have problems with their radios. Oh, oh right. So not only light, but sound. Oh, no. Suddenly Smooth FM starts playing. They're like, oh, stop, oh, no. stop that, stop that. Two blaze on, not doing again. promos. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't met you yet. <laughs> oh, um, what a voice of an angel, though. Oh, tell you what, I'd be worried if I just died. That voice of an angel coming at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, Lights no. go bright towards light. the light. No, no, bright light and Booplay singing oh, to oh, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Am I in heaven? Is, this, is it time? <laughs> when Peniston got... To a distance of 50 metres, he could make out a metallic-type object, some kind of craft, but unlike any he'd ever seen in his seven years in the Air Force. As he moved closer, he discovered that the air seemed to be charged with static electricity, causing his hair to stand on end. As he closed to within 20 metres of the object, he noticed that the animals had scattered and the area was now completely quiet. As he got closer, he could see the object in more detail. He described seeing a shiny black triangular-shaped craft, three metres in width and two high. The surface was smooth, almost glass-like. He later said it was, on, it was about the size of a tank. White light was emitting from both the top and bottom of the craft and red and blue lights flashed alternatively on either side. Whoa. Yeah, this just sounds like one of those fancy... Tom Cruise planes from Top Gun. Yeah. 
A plane. A plane. Oh, like one of the stealth ones. One of those triangle ones. Yeah. yeah. Red yeah. and blue lights. That's just bloody God bless America sort of stuff. I reckon this is... A, a plane. Plane. Yeah. And also, he's seven years in the Air Force. And he can't Usually when you quote plane. something like that, it's like, I haven't seen anything like this in my 34 years here. Yeah. Seven years. Seven like, years. Right. It was just a new plane. Yeah. Yeah. Straight off the bloody line. Yeah. You've only seen the old ones. Um... What they saw, oh, that's or I've already described it. Penniston took out a camera and began photographing the object. He shot the entire roll of film and then moved closer so he could circle around the back of it. Okay, shot the entire roll of film, then got close enough to take a good photo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good I excuse. Went, Damn. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had more film more with film. me. All of it was he shot thirty selfies. But facing away from the craft. So it's just his reaction. Yeah. 30 ahead. times. But you saw his face, you're like, wow, he means yeah, he that. He saw something. Yeah. yeah, he definitely saw something. Saw something. You can't fake that kind of no. emotion. No, that's not acting. Oh <laughs> no, I can see it in his eyes. Um, he was amazed to see no visible means of propulsion, nor was there any obvious signs of conventional manufacture. No seams or rivets. By now, and in complete awe of what this object might be, he courageously placed his hand on its surface. Oh, no, that's not a good idea. Which he said felt warm despite the freezing night of an English winter. Sliding his hand over the smooth exterior, he discovered a series of raised symbols etched onto its left-hand side. The symbols, which he later drew, were about three inches high and covered an area of about three feet in diameter. When Sergeant Penniston put his hand on the etched symbols, which felt like sandpaper compared to the rest of the smooth, moulded surface, everything became a brilliant, bright white. He could neither see nor hear. He was alone in the brilliant, bright white light. Oh, Ooh. no. So, and, I, and then he it pans out and I've accidentally taken my shirt off. It's <laughs> <laughs> very oh, Sorry, guys. <laughs> Put it away, son. <laughs> in what context do you accidentally take your shirt? Oh, you know what it is? You're taking your jumper off and the T-shirt goes yeah, with it. exactly. And that so bright annoying. light landed on my torso. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, oh, my God, it's a brilliant bright light. I'm alone in this brilliant bright light. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sorry. So, sorry. Happened again. Down. <laughs> goes I away. Know, I don't know why that always gets stuck there. So annoying. Um, this occurred for an undetermined amount of time. Then his sight returned. He was standing next to the craft facing the pictorial glyphs. The craft started to turn a vivid bright white colour. So bright, in fact, Sergeant Penderson, uh, Peniston thought it was going to explode. He took a defensive position nearby as the craft was engulfed in the light. The craft then lifted off approximately four feet from the ground, manoeuvred between the trees, ascended to treetop level and then disappeared in the blink of an eye. I really hope his defensive position was thinking it was going to explode, yeah, like fist ready (laughs) or had his gun pulled. (laughs) Ready. Or it probably would if it was me, it would just be... Yeah, uh, ball, absolutely ball on the yeah. floor. Mine would just be covering my eyes. Knee to face. Yeah, if I can't see up. it, it can't hurt me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> he stated that he could see no occupants, but sensed there was some sort of life present inside. Okay, well, it sounds like he's got some talents. He was absolutely certain it was under intelligent control. Certain. As opposed certain. to... Because he sensed it. Ab- Absolutely certain. Yeah, it wasn't some goons driving it. Or some yeah, it some idiot, some dumb alien. Yeah. yeah, that was like a smart alien, eh? For sure. He could sense it. This so, sounds great. I'm into it. 
Well, and and you know the when the radio started to to Play not work, um, the the website um, says electronic interference is commonly reported in the vicinity of UFOs. Right. So it's noteworthy. Well, Mulder, there's probably a scientific explanation. <laughs> no, Scully, use your mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ah, I guess he's probably right because he always yeah, is. Fucking right, goddammit. Always bloody right. So this is in the, the and that alien did impregnate me that time. Yeah, mm, but, but I still, still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the wee hours of the morning, right? This was about three a.m. when all of this happened. Shortly after four a.m., local police arrived at the scene. Now, police had a look around, but reported that the only lights they could see were lights from the Orford Nest Lighthouse several miles away on the coast. You could okay. see the light in the distance. Orphanus Lighthouse, which skeptics identify as a flashing light seen off the coast, is along the same line of sight, about five miles or eight kilometres further east of the forest edge. And at that time, it was one of the brightest lighthouses in the UK. And I hope they had a plaque on the wall saying oh, yeah. one of the brightest. Yeah, yeah. one of the number two. Quite yeah, a two brightest. or three. We're we up there. Che- we Top haven't bothered five. checking in a while. <laughs> Top five, easy. Um. Right, so it's a pretty. That's a. That's an explanation for a pretty bright light, though. Yeah, yeah but is it landing? I mean, you and you would. You see a a lighthouse. You know, it's a lighthouse, right? Well, but, I do. And and then you don't think you don't touch a triangle. <laughs> Somehow you touch a smooth triangle thing with some raised lettering and go. Pfft. It's a lighthouse over <laughs> there. It's a lighthouse. But there is a lighthouse over this there. Lighthouse is very good. It explains the light, maybe. Yeah. But the rest of it, I think, almost doesn't explain it at all. No. Just remind me, uh, what's this got to do with Christmas? It happened on Boxing Day. Gotcha. <laughs> but, like, so early in Boxing Day, it was like three hours into Boxing right. Day. Right. So it's basically Christmas Day. Technically, couldn't be any further from Christmas because yeah. it's <laughs> the furthest point away from Christmas. From the next Christmas. From the next Christmas. That's right. And it's what our dear, dear Patreons wanted to hear. That's and okay. I. I will never disappoint them. You shouldn't either. You I can't. never will. You made you made an oath with blood. So many times I've wanted to. Yeah. I've wanted to disappoint the Patreons. And then there I go, not disappointing them again. Good on you. You can't help yourself. Oh, God. It's hard being me. So the serviceman decided, hey, we can't see anything in the dark. Let's wait until it's daytime. So after daybreak, they went back to where they were a few hours earlier. And now in the light, they could see properly. They found three small impressions on the ground in a triangular pattern, as well as burn marks and broken branches on nearby trees. What impressions did they find? Michael Caine? Yep. Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> I'm Michael Caine. Yep. Uh, who else they find? Uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm Sean Connery. And Christopher Walken. Oh, hello. I'm Christopher Walken. <laughs> God, you are good. Wow. That were the three they found. Yeah, yeah. That, and they were all that good. Yeah, like in the, sort of just in like on. the English forest. So good that they're the almost 80s. like there must be another species. Yeah, right. No human could imitate. Yeah, the three great. <laughs> must be like a, that. a type of animal we're not aware of. Wow, a type of bird. Wristwatch. <laughs> wow, Sean Connery. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James Bond. I got a wristwatch. <laughs> Is that one if, of them? If Chris Walken played James Bond, it would sound a little something. <laughs> like I'm Bond. <laughs> I'm James Bond. 
<laughs> Why does he flap his arms so much? That's uh, that's all part of it. He, he can't do it without that. He can't do it without yeah, it. Yeah, no, fair well, enough. So I can't do it without Who that am I? Who am I to judge Nobody. his acting? Nobody. You're no one. I'm no one. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd take people on a journey. Yeah. I hung around uh, with Ben Russell a bit earlier tonight and it just rubbed off on me. Well. He's a master impressionist, but now I'm starting to teach him a thing or two. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Can he make a thousand noises? Didn't think so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they found some, some burn marks, broken branches, these little impressions. So they call the police out again and the police reckon it's made by an animal. Okay. The police are like, eh. Like a triangle animal. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing yeah. that he would need some physical evidence of this encounter... Peniston returned to the landing site the following day to make plaster casts of the indentations. He also apparently experienced a strange condition. He was seeing ones and zeros in his mind's eye. Whoa, he went digital. That's way before TV did it. Before Matrix and everything. Yeah, Mm. that's cool. Troubled by the revolving flashing images of ones and zeros he received from touching the glyphs, he felt compelled to write them down in a notebook. And after he'd written them down, the images in his mind would disappear. Ah. Okay, that makes sense. You it's like when you have out. a song stuck in your head, but if you hear it again, somehow yeah. you don't have it there. You, you write it, all it down the way through. Through. Yeah, that's right. You get you it down. It. Yeah. you got to write the whole song down. Yeah, yeah. It takes ages. And if you stuff it up, you have to start again. Yeah. And then you also have to write down the. You gotta write the instrumental bit on as it takes forever. He was so shaken by his encounter with the UFO that he, along with Burroughs, were granted a six day leave. Oh, that should get you over an alien encounter. Six days. Take almost a week off. Yeah, but you'll be here on Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously. You'll be over it by then. Yeah. The day of the Lord. I mean, you, you, those ones and zeros that you said you had in your mind. You've written them down. You sound like you've absolutely lost it. You'll be good by yeah. six days' time. You'll be fine for military service in six yeah. days, right? That's enough time for you to analyse those plaster casts that you've kept in your bedroom that you haven't left in four days. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be right. You'll be right. So later he stated, after that craft took off, I was in no doubt. I realised that it was 100% certain that we were part of a larger community beyond the confines of this planet. Right, when he saw the alien leave. Yeah. Not when he saw the craft, not when he touched it, but when he saw it leave. Yeah. He's like, like, "Hmm." okay, so this isn't from here per se. I hate to watch that alien go, but I love to watch him leave. (laughs) (laughs) Because it makes me realise I'm part of a wider community. Yeah. And it's got a real sweet butt. (laughs) (laughs) That alien tush. That alien got back. (laughs) (laughs) That alien got peach butt. Oh, yeah. Um, But it wasn't over yet. Oh. On December 28th, Deputy Base Commander Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt visited the site with a team of servicemen. They took readings of the radiation in the triangle shapes uh, in the ground and in the surrounding areas. Their readings found several bursts of high radiation at the site, as well as in other points around half a mile away. It gave like a, a sort of, it gave a figure and I could not figure out if that was good or bad. Right. The, this, um, the, the website said it was double, but I don't know how trustworthy that website is. 
Just high, just little spikes. So of there was radiation. Radiation. Just a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe and a lot. I don't know. But the triangles were left behind as well. So it was a big triangle plane or object, flying object, unidentified, and uh, left little triangles. Yeah. What's going on there? So sort of, I guess, where it would, so top and then maybe the two at the back, sort of like where it would. And then the little feet little were all triangle. I guess so. Wow. So they just, they figured out that triangles are the best shape. Yeah. Maybe they haven't discovered circles yet. Because I always thought it was circles. Yeah. My favourite shape. They don't have wheels. Oh. Oh, poor them. Why a wheel, wheel when wheels. you can hover? Okay. Okay. But maybe that's why they don't have any rivets or anything. They haven't got circles yet. That's why they didn't have any obvious joins. So they probably haven't even figured out nails or anything. Right, they just carved out a solid oh, rock. Oh, so sad. I think they might be idiots. Oh, that yeah. is the saddest they thing they've ever Are they in the Stone heard. Age? They probably skipped it. Sounds like they've gone straight to Titanium Age. Right. Lame. Lame Age. Arguably like one it. of the lamer ages, Yeah, I would have said. Lamest Age. Lame Age. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there's like little bursts of, of radiation. And during this visit and in, or slash investigation... A flashing light was seen across the field to the east, almost in line with a farmhouse, as the witnesses had seen on the first night. Oh, my God. I just realised this is the Christmas story. This is the story of the first Christmas. And then the three kings from (laughs) Orientar, or whatever the song says, saw the light and they went over and they found the the little... Yeah, in the stable slash farmhouse. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thanks for spoiling the rest of the story, Matt. They found that little baby triangle. It was a little alien (laughs) baby. It seemed that it wasn't the lighthouse as it could be seen further to the east in the same line of sight. So they can see the lighthouse, but there's a flashing light closer than that, they reckon. According to Holt's reports, three star-like lights were seen in the sky, two to the north and one to the south. (laughs) The North Star. (laughs) One to the north. That's the one. Is it the North Star? I think so. Yeah. You don't know. I'm talking to you like you would know anything. But you don't know anything. You don't know anything. No. The one thing Jess and I have got over you is Christian studies. Yeah. <laughs> Forced upon us right. through schooling. Um, yeah, so three star-like lights seen in the sky, two to the north and one to the south, about 10 degrees above the horizon. Holt said that the brightest of these hovered for two to three hours and seemed to beam down a stream of light from time to time. Astronomers have explained these star-like lights as... Bright stars. Oh, <laughs> that oh, they've got an answer up. for everything, those guys. <laughs> those astronomers. What are these things in the sky? They look like stars. Hmm. Stars, fuckhead. <laughs> okay, well, that's the I obvious I like the answer. idea of a really um, no-bullshit astronomer. It's a star, you That's a star, dickhead. Idiot. Yeah. What's that star up there? It's a star. Are you serious? I was at a dinner party. Okay? I've come out for this. You called me out here. It's my daughter's birthday. It's a star. It's a star. You said it was a star emergency. (laughs) I hate being the only on-call astronomer in town. Holt was recording the events on a micro cassette tape and he's heard on the tape saying, there's no doubt about it, there's some type of strange flashing red light ahead. Oh, that's a plane. Then his voice gets extremely excited as he says, it's coming this way. It's definitely coming this way. Pieces of it are shooting off. There's no doubt about it. This is weird. (laughs) No doubt about that part. Yeah. Right. This is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Holt described the object as circular, like a large eye (sighs) winking at him. So they do have circles. Okay. Oh, he has circles. 
Yeah, he can describe something as a circle. He's aware of what a circle is. And he is. thinks that they're winking at him. Yeah, the circle is <laughs> winking at him. Oh, you think the circle's coming on Come to on me? Andrew. <laughs> I think the circle's coming on to me. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his shirt off. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The circle's like, hey, hey. Hey, hey, take hey. Take it slow. Inappropriate. <laughs> Buddy. Holt wrote a memo to the Ministry of Defence detailing his experience as well as the experience of Peniston two nights earlier. It was known as the Holt Memo. Again, very creative. Mm, good. It was dated a couple of weeks after the event occurred, which sceptics argue would account for errors in some of the details in the report. The Holt Memo was made publicly available in the United States under the US Freedom of Information Act in 1983. And the following year, in 84, the Holt Tape was released to UFO researchers for further investigation. But a consultant for the National Archives, a journalist named David Clark, has investigated the background of the Holt memo and failed to find any other reports made about the incident other than Holt's memo. So no other government sort of agencies really made any reports. Well, yeah, not that they can (laughs) find. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, classic story. What, they can't bury things? Mm. This is the US government we're talking Mm, about. The smoking man, etc. Yeah. That's from the X-Files. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I get I get references to stuff. So, <laughs> anyway, I've just got a report to do, Dave. So if you could stop piping in with Sorry. stuff that we all definitely get. The syndicate. Shut the fuck up! I don't know what that is. Um, but just because the authorities didn't take it too seriously, unless you ask uh, the Rendlesham Forest incident dot com, in which case lots of government and military figures were involved in a cover up. Yeah. Love this. Obviously, there's a cover-up here, Jess. It's actually pretty offensive that you're trying to talk about it like there wasn't one. It's embarrassing, if anything. This is meant to be a fact-based comedy podcast. Come on. Well, that doesn't mean that others haven't continued to do their own research. And this is a little uh, thing from Wikipedia here. In 1997, Scottish researcher James Easton obtained the original witness statements made by those involved in the first night sightings. One of the witnesses, Ed Cabinsag, said in his statement, we figured the lights were coming from past the forest since nothing was visible when we passed through the woody forest. We would see a a glowing near the beacon light, but as we got closer, we found it to be a lit-up farmhouse. We got got to a vantage point where we could determine that what we were chasing was only a beacon light off in the distance. So he didn't see or touch... Any kind of craft. Oh, Cabin's Act just saw a light on a farmhouse. John Burroughs as well. And he also reckons, it, like from what he said, it doesn't it was think it was anything. House. It was just a farmhouse. John Burroughs as well also stated, we could see a beacon going around, so we went towards it. We followed it for about two miles before we could see it was coming from a lighthouse. You know what's happened to those two fellas? They mm. got gotten to. Yeah, someone yeah. got to them for sure. They were gotten to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who? So wait, I thought it was Cabin Sag that had the triangle experience. No, that was Peniston. Ah, uh, yes. Cabin Sag and Burroughs were there. When with did him, we get to the point where he invents penicillin? <laughs> <laughs> Can't make this Mara Curie. Sorry, Mara Come Curie. On, mate. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, thought, I thought they must have been related somehow. Burroughs reported a noise like a woman was screaming, and also that you could hear the farm animals making a lot of noises. Holt heard the same noise as two nights later. Such noise could have been made by muntjac deer in the forest, which are known for their loud, shrill bark when alarmed. (laughs) (laughs) 
Muck Jack D. Shrill bark. Muck Jack. Muck Jack. Munt Jack. Munt Jack. Yeah. Whoa. Munt Jack D. Probably saying that wrong. Munt Jack. That sounds that's like the the Aussiest deer of all. Munt Jack. The Munt Jack. Munt Jack. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So there's so even the other two people that were with Peniston were like, oh, it was just the lighthouse. Yeah, that's if you believe I haven't been gotten to. I'm yeah. so okay. surprised you've both gone this angle. I'm loving it. They've obviously been gotten to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Sam got in their ears. Even though this was their original statements. <laughs> well, the police... Yeah, well, you don't think he got to them before in between? Right. They got got real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Too quick. Little Who too can quick. get to them that quick? Only one person, Uncle Sam. Yeah. Where's, un- where's Uncle Sam live? Where's Uncle Sam live? Yeah. That farmhouse? No, he lives in the North Pole. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, I thought he lived in Mount Rushmore. No, no, no. <laughs> Inside Lincoln's head. <laughs> That's his holiday house. Oh, of course. My bad. Well, you remember that the police weren't super interested in it either. The police reports were released in 2005 under the UK's Freedom of Information Act. It includes a letter dated the 28th of July, 1999, written by Inspector Mike Topless, who notes that one of the... <laughs> Topless? Yeah, that's funny. Come on, that's a funny name, Topless. That was, Topless. The, that was the white line. Yeah, yeah Mike Topless. <laughs> Mike Topless was there. <laughs> uh, I'd only read it before. I didn't say it out loud. That's great. Uh, he notes that one of the police constables who attended the scene on the first night returned to the site in daylight in case he'd missed anything. There was nothing to be seen and he remains unconvinced that the occurrence was genuine, wrote Topless. The immediate area was swept with powerful light beams from a landing beacon at RAF Bentwaters and the Orfordness Lighthouse. I know from personal experience that at night, in certain weather and cloud conditions, these beams were very pronounced and certainly caused strange visual effects. So basically the forest is between two RAF bases. So there's lights and stuff coming from them and there's the lighthouse not far away and he's like, it's just lights from the other base. Yeah, they just set up bases there because nothing <laughs> wild and weird was going on in between. Yeah, just a coincidence. Hmm. You are more gullible than you even look. <laughs> <laughs> How gullible do I look? Well, evidence of a substantial uh, file on the subject led to claims of a cover-up. Some interpreted this as part of a larger pattern of information suppression concerning the true nature of unidentified flying objects, both by the United States and British governments. However, when the file was released in 2001, it turned out to consist mostly of internal correspondence and and responses to inquiries from the public. The lack of any in-depth investigation in the public release, public, publicly released documents is consistent with their early statement that they've never t- taken the case very seriously. That's from the Ministry of Defence. Oh, and yeah, we expect that they released the full documents, not the secret documents. <laughs> they just released the weird questions from the public. Yeah. yeah. Can I say the alien? No, can I? No, go on. Oh, go on. Like, go on. That's I what love they aliens. <laughs> I actually married that alien. I <laughs> need you to get it to call me back. Chad! <laughs> it was here very briefly and we wed and I believe it's it's got my child inside its tummy. So, please, get him to give me a call back. I know, I know, he's hanging out with you. Don't dog me on this. Come on. At least give it this letter. Please. Please. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Um, In June 2010, retired Colonel Charles Holt signed a notarised affidavit in which he summarised what had happened and then stated he believed the event to be extraterrestrial and that it had been covered up by both the UK and US. Contradictions between this affidavit and the facts as recorded at the time in Holt's memo and tape recording have been uh, criticised widely. So there's differences. But, I mean, it's like 30, 20 years later. 30 years later? I mean, you explain that easily, can't you? That it was 30 years ago? No. The, they, they got, got to, to him. him. <laughs> <laughs> Any piece of evidence that uh, goes against it, they got they to got it. To him. They got to him. But according to uh, the Randall from ForestIncident.com. Thank you. Finally, someone is brave enough to tell the truth. Someone who hasn't been gotten to. No. Yeah. The Ministry of Defence respond, responded with the usual denials and claimed that the events posed no defence significance. Lord Hill Norton, a man who in the 70s was at the top of the British Defence Establishment, had for years been vocal in attacking the Ministry of Defence position. He had stated that there are only two possibilities regarding Holt's claims of an encounter. Either Holt and all the other witnesses were hallucinating or they actually saw what they claimed to have seen. Well, I mean, two of them said they saw <laughs> It really feels like it's just Holt, doesn't it? In either case, since all men were stationed on a base containing nuclear-armed aircraft... The situation has to be of extreme defence significance. Norton has also later stated publicly that he believes the evidence for the Rendlesham case points conclusively to an extraterrestrial intrusion. It's mm. a fun a string of words right. to say. So out of everywhere that they an extraterrestrial could land, they chose between two air bases. Yeah. Okay. That's well, right. Yeah, no, see, you're thinking about this all wrong. They landed there because they were canoodling oh. with the American airmen. Right. And women. If I was going to choose, I would canoodle with the American seamen. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> that's where you differ from the aliens. 
Yes. That's very good. <laughs> um, this is, uh, I continue from the Rendlesham Forest Incident.com. Despite the unearthing of the Holt memo in the US, despite the unearthing of the Holt memo, the US military did everything it could, could to ensure the story remained secret. When Penniston, Penniston tried to recover the photographs he took of the craft from the base photo lab, he was told he couldn't because the film was supposedly fogged and therefore useless. Oh. Penniston doubts this and believes his pictures were inevitably <laughs> confiscated. Uh, I'm a great photographer, so uh, bullshit. Yeah. Mm. You know what happened to those photos? Mm. Someone got to them. Yeah, oh, no, someone, someone got, got to, to them. Photos. Cover them in fog. Well, wouldn't you just keep them so, like... It, does seem weird they'd be like, ah, oh, we chucked them out because they suck so much. Yeah. Surely he'd get a look at them first. Well, he also... I've still got some things of photos where it's like some of them were uh, just Absolute thumbs dog over shit. the lens yeah. and stuff. But you kept it. Your collection of thumbs. <laughs> got a whole big collection of Yeah, he of took thumbs. them on purpose. <laughs> he wasn't a good photographer. <laughs> I don't know why so many people hired him to, for weddings. Um also, one of the three plaster casts he made at the landing site disappeared while being shipped by the military. He managed to keep the other two. Long after the event, when he'd moved back to America, he discovered a bug in his house. I don't know, like a mozzie? Louis the fly. Oh, no. They got to Louis. Oh, no. And they put him in the house. Hey, guys, let's have a great party. <laughs> How does he keep surviving every year? He's, every time. Yeah. They, they kill him, supposedly. Their own ads. Show them killing this Louis the Fly. This is a Mortine bug spray ad, yes. But then the next year, the next campaign, he's there again with a new bunch of friends. Yeah, I mean, like, couldn't keep me down. I mean, flies don't live that long. Yeah. They're also just it's proving like their product Mortine. doesn't work. Yeah, the product... Yeah, it's, it's product. It feels like Mort- the Mortines, if anything, it's prolonging Louis's yeah, life. Keeping him for alive. For decades. Yeah, Louis keep- the Fly. <laughs> and now he's in this bloke's house. Louis the Immortal. Hey, it was thanks to Mortine. <laughs> If you want to protect flies, yeah. get more team. <laughs> yeah, so he's found a bug in his house and he also said he received threatening phone calls and discovered that his mail was frequently tampered with. Oh, okay. What are people putting in his mail? Fart bomb. Oh, uh. no. We'll be cushion. <laughs> yeah. It's just embarrassing. All his, all his bank bills have been replaced with a whoopee, with a whoopee cushion. <laughs> he's like, Funny. I just want to check my accounts. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how... Whoopie, you got to get him under his butt, not in his letterbox. Nah. They're doing it all wrong, these yeah, aliens. Yeah, I know what they're doing. Well, I guess that's more proof they're aliens. <laughs> Humans know you put them on the chair. Yeah, that's right. We'd know it was, if it was really the government getting to him, it would be on the chair. Yeah, yeah, they know. He'd never couch. sit on a chair without it making noise again. I think we're in, uh, what, in the Reagan era? Yeah, Reagan knew about a bloody whoopee cushion. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Um, so there are several theories, right? Obviously, you guys have got your own very yes, strong whoopee theories. cushions are involved in mine. Several uh, claims of it being a hoax. BBC reported that a former US security policeman, Kevin Conde, claimed responsibility for creating strange lights in the forest by driving around in a police vehicle whose lights he'd modified. However, there is no evidence that this prank took place. What a That is the worst prank I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> I put some funny Probably lights no on my one's car. around to see it. <laughs> this is going to be real good. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken time to modify the lights on a police car. And I'm going to shine them around in a forest that no one's really and in. I've actually got a, a personalised horn that goes... It's very funny. People are, oh, that's the alien love song. It's coming back for me. <laughs> one guy's happy. Yeah. Hey? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> My wife's coming home. <laughs> 
Other explanations for the incident have included a downed Soviet spy satellite, mm. but no evidence has been produced to support this. Of course it wouldn't be. The initial sighting at 3am on the 26th of December, when the airman saw something apparently descending into the forest, coincided with the appearance of a bright fireball over southern England, and such fireballs are a common source of UFO reports. So it could have just been a fireball in the sky. Oh, right. Wait, what does just that mean? Fireball. I don't know. I mean, it's just, oh, just a fireball. It's very it easy to like explain it's that. It's a fireball. It's all like it is. So no common. more questions. Just a big fireball just in the sky. Just a fireball. What, you, what, you'd think, oh, no, if you saw a fireball in the sky. Yeah. Grow up, yeah, man. Go back to bed. You saw a big alien fireball in the sky from an alien. Grow and you're up, thinking, oh, Matt. is this some sort of an alien fireball? No, it's an alien fireball. Uh, are they confusing... That for the sun. Yeah, I don't know. But the sun shouldn't be plummeting. I see plummeting. a fireball every day in the sky. Technically, yeah. The sun is a fireball in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Aliens for you. But, I mean, if you're seeing the sun at night, is it really not? That's think a great that. question. Think about that. Wow. Think about I'll it. think about that for years. Yeah, you will. You will. Hey, uh, the sun never goes down. It's just an illusion caused by the world spinning around. Wow, flaming lips. I came up with that. Beautiful stuff. I came up with that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really good. Wayne Coyne stole that from yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Give it back, no, Wayne. No, that's a conspiracy. You dog. Coin, you dog. That's mine. <laughs> all, all the lyrics were written by you. Honestly, Wayne Coyne's got a bit alien about him. Yeah. Was that you, Shimi? Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. You know, in so point. many ways, aren't we all... Bit of an outsider. <laughs> Are we all Wayne Coyne? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, another theory is that the timing on Holt's tape recording during his sighting on the 28th of December indicates that the light he saw, which lay in the same direction as the light seen two nights earlier, flashed every five seconds, um, which was the flash rate of the lighthouse. Oh, so the aliens have somehow gotten synced. <laughs> wow, they've synced up. Imagine Do you think that. maybe they learnt light from the lighthouse? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. They're Do you pretty think clever. the lighthouse was in on it? Oh, my God. An inside job. No, the old lighthouses would never let us down. The old sea oh, no. I mean, in he's been out there alone for so many years. His yeah. only friend was an alien. <laughs> hey, you got lonely. And, oh. He was only... Alien baby? Yes. Was the salty sea captain? That's half salty sea captain. Oh, salty you know sea why captain semen. Yeah, that's why he's salty. <laughs> he's fucking full of... S- <laughs> he's got a lot of salt shakers. Salt shakers, He yep. loves salt. He loves fish and chips. <laughs> yep. In December 2018, that journalist I mentioned before, David Clark, reported a claim that the incident was a setup by the SAS as a revenge plot on the U.S. Air Force. According to this story, in August of 1980, the SAS parachuted into RAF Woodbridge to test the security at the nuclear site. The USAF had recently upgraded their radar and detected the black parachutes of the SAS men as they descended into base. The SAS troops were interrogated and beaten up with the ultimate insult that, that they were called unidentified aliens. To enact their revenge, the SAS, SAS gave the USAF their own version of an alien event. And so it says, As December, December approached, lights and coloured flares were rigged in the woods. Black helium balloons were also coupled 
to remote-controlled kites to carry suspended materials into the sky, activated by radio controls. So it could have just been a revenge prank from well, the SAS. That makes some sense. Apart from the whole spaceship he touched. Yeah. But what about, I mean, that theory is that they parachuted in and got caught. So in revenge, they went back in, didn't get caught, but put lights in. How does that happen? They Wait, wasn't the other way the, around? So they, they parachuted into the actual... Uh, Base, which to be honest, to be to be because clear, that's, in their country, that's so dangerous, though, isn't it? I yeah, guess so. You could easily dumb. be killed doing that. But and is, so is the point that there were British soldiers on British land parachuting into a U.S. base yeah, to so. test their security? Yeah, yeah that but like, a bit strange. they might just be like, "What the hell is that? Oh, there's a nuclear base. We shoot to kill here." Yeah, and that would be fair. But then. They got caught, they got beat up, and then in revenge they somehow rigged lights in the yeah, woods. Yeah, because they, the Americans called them aliens, so they're like, oh, we'll show you aliens, and then they... I think, I like this. This feels this feels the second most likely after real aliens. So real aliens first, second most likely is yeah. SAS. Third, mole people. And this is why it's all been covered up, right? They're like, it's embarrassing. Uh, one of our guys actually fell for it, but we're actually normally really smart. Because um, we're um, um, actually American semen in the air of the air. Wow, semen of the air. Mm. Well, I mean, that's basically the end of the report because uh, I mean we still don't fully know. Of course, is this a mystery? Is this Christmas time mysteries part three? Yeah. Is this a Chris mystery? It's a Chris mystery. Whoa. But I suppose you make a good point there. I mean, to me, I'm sort of like, oh, that's. Bullshit. But then what happened to Peniston? Mm. He he saw something. He touched something. He touched something and then he had like binary code in his head. Yeah. yeah. He had some sort of episode. Because it feels like there's a possibility that it's embarrassing to have these things and others were like, I would prefer to just say I didn't see anything. It was a lighthouse, right? So they cover it up. Or Uncle Sam gets in their ear and says, you better not say anything about those UFOs because yeah. they're my friends yeah. and I want them to stay under wraps because they're just here on holidays, okay? Just a private little holiday. We'll have a little catch-up and they're going to go away again and they won't be back for a while. But if you blow their cover, they can't come and visit anymore. I'm due to go to their place next Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it was at Christmas time. We go one, you know, we, we share. So yeah. um, I think it was real aliens covered up by Uncle Sam because I was visiting him. That sounds right to me too, though, Jess. But you did the research. What do you think? Well, you—I mean, I was really expecting you two to jump on board the piss taking, but but piss taking. I think you've convinced That's something so serious. <laughs> I think you've convinced me. I mean, we would never Jess. do that. There's two no, things. That, that's pretty offensive. There's two things we don't joke about on the show. One, Helen Keller. Two, aliens. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Okay? Okay, that's She's a hard person things. to joke about. Yeah, that's right. As are aliens. That episode, Very impressive. That episode was barely comedy. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, so interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm open to other people's uh, theories, their feedback. Um, it's obviously they, should they get onto you on Instagram or. <laughs> That's right. If, if, uh, a better, what's a better way to get onto you? Instagram's normally the one you like for people to contact it you. It is on. normally, yes. It is normally. But I guess it's more of a picture thing, so it probably wouldn't work for this. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't work you. for this. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with my Instagram. So 
So they look up at Jess Perkins. Yeah, it's and fine. it'll be there. <laughs> I got hacked. Um, I got hacked and the account is gone. But it might come back, so who knows? If not, we rebuild. We rebuild. Yeah. At Jess Perkins 1. We start fresh. Yeah. And or maybe... maybe at Jess Perkins 2. That's bit, that's, that maybe I'll better. start fresh and I'll just have one of those very curated, like, uh, all my photos will be sort of a, on a colour scheme, mm. you know? It'll be with, like, art. And they all match up to make one big picture. Yeah. And uh, it's a private account. Yes. <laughs> yeah, make Perfect. it private. That's right. You got to 10,000, which was your dream, and then it all came crashing down. I maybe got to celebrate that dream for a solid two minutes. Maybe instead of aiming for 10,000, you should aim for one. One good follower. Yeah, just get one <laughs> good follower. You had 10,000, but weren't any of them good? No, that's right. But if you you guys followed me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Evidence right here. The Do Go One account follows me. Yeah. I followed mm-hmm. myself on it. Uh-huh. You need one good follower. And that follower, Bill Gates. If Bill you get Gates. Bill Gates on board, private, no one else. If you get Willie, Willie G, then okay. you're, you've arrived. The king of computers. I won't do much for my engagement. I doubt it. Oh, will. yeah, getting Bill Gates following <laughs> you. On Come on. Yeah, that'll close some doors on the internet. <laughs> yeah. You fucking, what are you doing? Straight to the top. You deserve to be hacked. Yeah. <laughs> you talk like that. Yeah. Maybe doors Bill Gates hacked you to teach you a lesson. Yeah, and look, I've learnt it and give my account back now. You know when Bill Willie Gates. Gates closes the door on the internet, he opens Windows 95. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, that was my report on the Rendlesham Forest incident. Fantastic. What a what a what a story. And so Christmassy. Oh, uh, was Yeah, felt the cheer. Yeah. Felt the Christmas cheer. They could have at least done green and red lights instead of red and blue. Something, yeah. Jeez. Or it could have happened a couple of days earlier, you know. Yeah. I wonder, but wonder if they made the Boxing Day sales. Probably I wonder not. if penicillin would probably would have been thinking, I've got enough on my plate. Got these triangles <laughs> now in my pocket, made out of plaster. <laughs> They're pretty good. I don't need to buy any sort of white goods. At a beautiful low, low price. Yeah, great price. Great price. <laughs> At a great price. Although I do need a mix mm. master. Oh, now it's time for everyone's favourite section of the show, the fact, quote, or question section. I'm going to charge a jingle and it goes or something like this. Fact, quote, or question. He always remembers the ding. Now, to be involved in this, you go to patreon.com slash pod or you can go to dogoonpod.com. That's our website. And from there, you follow the links and you can get involved. You can support us on all these different levels. This one in particular is the Sydney Schomburg Deluxe Memorial Edition Rest in Peace level. Mm-hmm. If you get involved in that, you get to give us a fact or quarter of a question. You also get nearly all the other rewards of all the levels below. I mean, look it up. It'll make more sense. That's I right. can't explain it so good. Mm. But you get three bonus episodes. That's a, Some people love that. Yeah, you get three bonus episodes, and that's even on a lower tier. But you get that as well on Sydney Jobby <laughs> level. And you also get to vote in the topics, etc. Uh, so without further ado, here are this week's facts, quotes, and questions. Firstly, uh, we've got Jacob Lane, who, and you also get to give yourself a title in this level. And his title is Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's really uh, <laughs> lost the passion there. <laughs> a part of me thinks that maybe like he hit enter too soon, but also a part of me believes that he was just like, oh, I don't fucking know oh, anymore. Yeah. I think that's just classic Lane humour. Classic Lane. Yeah. Uh, so Jacob Simpsons Lane has offered us a fact this week, and his fact we should explain for pe- first time listeners. 
Jacob is our, well, he used to be our Simpsons auditor, Simpsons reference auditor, but now he's just our Simpsons. Just our Simpsons. <laughs> is he taking us down Simpsons Lane? Ooh, could be. All right, so here is Jacob's fact. The fact is, sometimes Matt's beautiful... Oh, <laughs> I thought it ended there for a second. Like, sometimes, sometimes that's beautiful. That's so nice. <laughs> Great. I mean, I'll say that. Very, like sometimes. Very rare. Yeah, but I'd take still, it. I'd take that. I'm locking it in. Yeah. Yes, can I have that? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes Matt's beautiful dulcet tones match the pitch of my car, making it impossible for me to hear <laughs> what he says. So I just crank it up to 11. I've heard that before. I, I do speak in engine level. <laughs> you are. It's you and the alternator. Yeah. Going toe to toe. So it's quite unfortunate. I really do apologize for that. I've been trying to. Uh, <laughs> that sounded more like a car, not less. I've been trying to. Me, me, mama. That's a motorbike now. That's good. Not many people listen whilst riding uh, motorbikes. <laughs> oh, God, watch over that tree. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob Lane. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob Lane. Um, <laughs> Very much appreciate that feedback. And, yeah, I I mean, there's got to be something. We had been getting a friend to uh, edit some of these episodes and mix them when when we were recording outside the same rooms. Thanks, Josh. And one of the requests I I made to Josh was, if you can, can you make my voice (laughs) audible above the sound of a car engine? Mm. And I don't know if that's happening. And Josh said, what am I, a fucking magician? Come on. And we said, all right, Josh, uh, it's a bit of attitude from you, mate. <laughs> so the first edit was just him um, playing my uh, microphone through a whistle. <laughs> uh, but that was even more distracting. Uh, so. att- we were attracting a lot of dogs yeah. to the studio. Yeah, Which is true. great. We need we need more in the canine audience. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. they, they, there's heaps of them, right? Yeah. Heaps. Heaps. <laughs> We're very popular amongst dogs. Okay. What we want to do, we want to get the chicken audience. Yeah. There's like a billion of them. There's so many chicken. The book chooks on to do go on. Uh, thank you very much, Jacob. This next one comes from Bron Alday, who also has a fact, but she has given herself the title of head of the team responsible for cracker removal from Dave's cheese platters. Oh, <laughs> oh, she's that's on Dave's right. side. Good work. Exactly. We want our platters cheese only. Well, I want them cheese only. Yeah. So I, I'd much love... to uh, Jess's uh, sadness <laughs> and, uh, uh, to be honest, aggression. <laughs> yeah, I did get a bit aggressive I'd about love... that, and I don't apologise. <laughs> Fair enough. Ideally, I would also love some sort of edible dipper. Mm. Okay, biscuit, cracker. Oh, what, edible dipper. Do you want some fondue? <laughs> You can dip your cube of blue cheese into more cheese. That's not what I mean. What's there's nothing to grab onto there. It would have to be a very hard Swiss, maybe, <laughs> and the holes in that could sort of pick up some of that fondue. Some sort of scoop. <laughs> uh, anyway, Braun has offered a fact, and her fact is almost all shells open on the right-hand side, with the exception of a few snail species. If you find a shell that opens on the left-hand side in a normally right-hand side opening species, it is called a sinistral shell. And you have to uh, you have a rare shell that is often highly sought after by collectors. How is there a left and right-hand yeah, side of a shell? shell? You turn it around, it's, this is the other side, is what my mind was doing. Is this like a left-handed screwdriver prank? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're not, on, we're not first day apprentices, okay, Bron? We're not nice. going to go get the bloody checkered paint, okay? okay. <laughs> Dave's looking it up so we don't sound I'm silly. Looking up checkered paint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand, but either way, we sound silly. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. 
A uh, sinistral shell is a shell of a gastropod, which is, quote, left-handed. The shell is coiled in an anti-clockwise direction so that when viewed from the front in an air, uh, ventral view, with the spire upmost, so you have to hold the spire on top and look at it from the front, the opening or the aperture appears on the left. Yes, that clears it up a yeah, lot. Okay, I mean, I've got an image, so it is making it a little bit easier for me. So, yeah, the and spire. When is the opening? Yeah, I think that... I think I, I get that more. I'm picturing it like upside down. Yeah. And now you go, oh, that's opening on the left. Let me, oh, it's opening on the right now. Dave's also said he has an image, uh, so he it's making it easier shown. for him. But he's not flipped. I'll flip it over. I was trying to find one that did demonstrate. Oh, okay. it's, I mean, it's it's slightly less confusing looking at yeah. that. Yeah. But you can still. Shells are pretty sexy, hey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're real horny. Dave, yeah. put that away. Yeah, please put it away. <laughs> I want to fuck that shell. Yeah, I want to fuck that shell. <laughs> I want to put it in me. I want to get in it. I don't care if it's left or right. I don't care. We're going to be playing Russian shells later on. <laughs> Who's in who? We'll never know. I'm going to get sinistral with this shell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to crawl up in a shell and I'm going to get another shell to crawl up inside of me. Oh, wow. And then, and then a little <laughs> little crustacean pops out and goes, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That's hot. I'm glad. It's anybody in the car just heard nothing for a bit and then, hello. <laughs> I'm so glad that little crustacean's happy anyway because I didn't know it was in there. Well, he's he's saying hello and then he realises where he is and he's like, oh, no. Uh -huh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Bron, for that fantastic fact. We got it. Um, hopefully whoever's editing this episode will trim that down and make it sound like we fully got you straight away. <laughs> we just say uh, Caprende <laughs> next. Uh, capiche. Oh, yeah. Catfish. 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 Uh, the next one's from Jordan Nassi, who is the Dugan official lion tamer and keeper guard of the embassy. Very important role. Thank and, goodness. We've got a lot of lions. And uh, Jordan's... Got a question. Here it is. What is the best relationship advice you have ever received or given? Oh. What's the best advice you've ever given? <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet. It's about to happen now. <laughs> um, okay. Best re specifically relationship advice. Yeah. I reckon there's... Uh, if, it's, if it's not working, don't fight too hard for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah give up get, easily. Get, <laughs> exactly. Nothing's First worth sign it. of conflict, divorce. Get out of yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> You're not married. That get married. Get married. Get divorced. Get divorced. Mm. That way they'll take you seriously. And not annulled. You got to wait long enough until it's right. divorce, so, and then divorce. Yeah. So they have a tip of your finances. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, obviously, you you what you don't want to just give up straight away all the time. But I've just seen and been in relationships that you fought for. And then in hindsight, you're like, oh, there were signs a while yeah. into this. That, and I think we wasted each other's time for a bit. But it's so hard to see him when you're in it. Yeah, it's true. So it is tricky. Yeah. And, I, you know, I've also uh, fought for relationships that <laughs> was worth it too, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, they all need a little bit of fighting, as in fighting for. I mean, I don't get a lot of relationship advice. I'm in a perfect relationship, mm. so everyone's like, oh, you guys have got this nailed. No yeah, need for main, me to step in. Mainly it's stuff like um, keep it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're doing it. Keep it up. You, yeah, you this inspire is it. me oh every my day. God. Yeah, stuff can like you, that. Can you vlog about this more? Yeah. So is that does that help you? Is that answer your question? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that does actually, because mm. I wrote that question. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 
Jordan, is that <laughs> you? Good relationship advice. Well, no, I mean, it's hard. You should be a team. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Trust, trust yourself. Trust your gut. Yep. I guess it depends on how far into it you are as well. The, rela- the advice would change. Also, I should say I'm not at all qualified to give advice on this. Um, I still haven't finished my diploma in relationship oh, advisory. Well, but you're going to get there. Yeah, I'll get there. You're doing what, one unit a, a year? One unit a year. So 12 to go or something? 12 to go. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> hey, just like a relationship, slow and steady wins the race. That's right. Mm. Unless you want to jump in, then all right. Then do that. I, I feel like my advice has all been grim. Uh, be nice. <laughs> yeah, be nice. I feel like whatever... You do whatever you want to do as long as you're on the same page, you know? Some people are like you have to wait a year to move in together or to get engaged. It's like, well, who cares? If, you, if you're if you both on the same page, then that's all that matters. You met at the bar. You're both looking for a place to stay. You're both out of town. Buy a place. Buy a place. Yes, it's cheaper. It's oh, cheaper. It in, in, in the long run. It will work out cheaper. Rent money is dead money. Lethal exactly. Lee told me that. Exactly. Absolutely, yes. Oh, Jordan, I'm so sorry. Um but yeah, I think I think you got to let her go, <laughs> or him. Yeah, sorry, Jordan. I mean, reading the subtext. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are vaguely tending to a podcast, maybe something's wrong. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Three nah. people who I mean, you know, very little about their relationships, um, and uh, maybe we're all in terrible ones. Very possible. Jordan's also like, I can't wait to take this advice, so I know what not to do. Yeah, that's These very possible. Fucking too. losers. Well, I'm on uh, OprahMag.com with best <laughs> advice for healthy relationships, and one. According to experts, and I do not agree with this. Okay. Don't expect your partner to be your BFF. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. All right. But are they saying like your only friend maybe? Because you need, I think you need other people in your lives. Yeah, okay. But your your mum and dad. It could be like. Your partner should be up there. Your dog. Yeah, like. The postman. (laughs) You know, you've got other BFFs. I feel like you can say that about your boss. Don't expect your boss to be your BFF. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the person you're spending the most time with. They should be pretty close. You should like hanging out with them. Yeah. That's what I reckon. That's my hot take. Yeah, Oprah. Okay, maybe it's not working out with you and Stillbard or whatever his name is. but <laughs> Stillbard, yes. Sinbad. Sin- no, what's his name? Like Stilton or something like that. <laughs> oh, Stillbard's the Scottish version of Stuart. Oh, is it? Yeah. Stedman. Stedman. And I only know that because I Googled it. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, Dave. Bit defensive there. <laughs> I mean, mine was Sinbad. Was I know fake typing when I see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, final bit of advice. Choose to love your partner every day. Oh, yeah. All right. Choose. Mm. <laughs> Got to get up to get down. Yeah, make the choice. Hey, choose love. Choose love. Mm-hmm. Choose laughs. Mm-hmm. Choose living. <laughs> The big L's. Finally, we've got Rachel Johnson, who is the Pied Piper of the pod. And it's so good to have you in. Oh, and Jess is talking on your microphone. She's just <laughs> pointing at your name. Uh, That's confusing for everyone else. <laughs> but also, uh, I don't think we've thanked Rachel yet for magnets. Oh, yes. There's a package that's been sitting downstairs at the studio for possibly months. Yeah. No, it yeah. can't be months because it was happy Blocktoberfest. Oh, right. So... Month and Month. a half. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rachel. That, uh, Rachel made us custom magnets. Mm. So cool. We've split them up, three apiece. Each got a little triptych. If I did the sums right, it might have been two apiece. But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Rachel. And Rachel has given us a fact as well. And Rachel's fact is, when I fact-checked my fact, it turned out that it is not so much a fact as a vague theory. 
<laughs> oh well, here it is anyway. An important 19th century fossil collector and paleontologist named Mary Anning is said to be the inspiration for the tongue twister. She sells, she sells, oh my God. <laughs> she, sorry, I was just having a second go at the first bit. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. I heard that as well recently uh, in, I think maybe Bill Bryson's short history on everything. Oh. I think he references it in that or some other audiobook I was listening to recently. That's a, that's a fun fact. Two shell facts today. Yeah. What? I didn't even put that together. I'm just like, yeah, what is it? That this is, is I was forgetting this and isn't the Shell Hour podcast. And a bit of relationship advice, always keep your shell up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Always keep your shell up yeah. so other people can fuck it. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Left hand, right hand, who cares? Who cares? Open it up. It's 2020, baby. Open up your shell. <laughs> Thank you to our fact quote or questioners. And like Thanks, I said, get involved on the Sydney Schomburg level uh, if you want to do that. Next, uh, we thank a few other Patreon supporters on one of the other levels, and they're on the shout-out level. And just on that little game for each of them, what are we going to do today to these good people? I was thinking that we fuck could... Fuck them with a the shell? <laughs> Choose which shell we fuck them with? Yeah. <laughs> conch. Everyone gets Lock a conch. Lock it in. Everyone gets a conch. Except for someone who gets hermit You crab. get a conch. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Stedman. Because you're Oprah. That's right. That makes me gay. Whoa! The best friend. Stedman, the one that organises all the gifts. He's like at BMW. Got to buy eighty cars. Got to buy eighty cars. <laughs> well, Oprah's gonna kill me. Yeah, I'm gonna oh sleep God. on the couch tonight if I don't oh, buy eighty no. cars. Um, I was thinking we could uh, come up with things that they've seen and mistaken for a UFO. Oh, that's great! Fantastic. Well, if I may kick it off, I would love to thank from Moncrief in the Australian Capital Territory. It's Nick Lucas. Nick Lucas. Oh, he's mistaken the uh, the demon eyes of those clowns in Parliament as being <laughs> the, the, the lights from an alien craft. Were they, um, was Parliament sitting at night? Yeah, they were walking past. They were having one oh. of those, those annual balls that they have. Yes. The winter ball. Yep. And, uh, yeah, uh, Barnaby Joyce emerged. And like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's just... Uh, Former leader of the National Party, <laughs> fantastic. Gotcha. They were, yeah, they were, they were all in there together. Yeah. And we, we, used, we all thought that they hated each other in different parties, but they're all wearing the same robes and sacrificing the same goat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So I we don't know. Friday night for us, I guess. Yeah. They all had lizard heads. <laughs> oh well. Uh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, how are you? <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Nick, and thank you so much for keeping your eyes up on those clowns up in the big top on Capitol Hill. <laughs> uh, next, I'd love to thank from Woodbridge in VA, maybe Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Robin A. Bookite. Robin A. Butchite. Robin A. Buckhite. But I hardly knew you. And Robin saw... Uh, Oprah's helicopter. Oh. Oh, wow. Was Stedman driving it? Of course. Stedman does everything. Yeah. And this makes sense because Oprah is rich enough to buy alien tech. Exactly. Absolutely. So uh, you were right to think it was alien tech. It was, but it's legit. It was bought legit. She yeah. paid full tax and everything. But it's just it's just Oprah getting yeah. from A to B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a busy woman. She is. So... <laughs> But, um, yeah, thanks for keeping your eyes out there, Robin. Um, <laughs> Sorry if you got a bit spooked, but it's just work. Oprah. Don't As I said, her. A to B. Don't look into it. It was definitely Oprah. Finally, I would love to thank from Bandura 
in Victoria. I love when we come back to uh, Melbourne places. Oh, yeah. Because I can pronounce them. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Uh, from Bundura in Victoria, I'd love to thank Christian Avery. Christian. Christian Avery. Christian. Every. I mean, that word is every, isn't it? Every. <laughs> yeah, I, try it to, I try to make it into a name. Avery. So I said Avery, and maybe that's what it is, but it, maybe it's Christian Every. That's great. I love that as a name. That's a real rock solid name, Christian Every. I mean, it. Uh, what I like about it is a very inclusive name. Yes. Yes. What about uh, Christian uh, Every mistook the uh, the demon eyes <laughs> of um, the uh, former Schmorgies out in Bundura that still had those uh, sort of tropical style statues in front of them? Yeah. From like you know uh, Polynesian islands or something yeah. that they were going for that vibe with a volcano out the front. Yep. And he thought, oh, my God, that's an alien. Oh, no, that's just an abandoned smorgies all you can eat. It's an abandoned smorgies. Uh. Is that the one? There's one around there. Maybe it's somewhere else. But it's that kind of, I think it was taken over as a smorgies. And their motto, oh, it always makes me laugh. Go on past it. Their motto is, let them eat. Which really feels like, you know, base level rule yeah. for a restaurant. Yeah. It's an eatery. But you can let them Allowing eat. them to yeah. eat is, it's what, that's what they've put on their sign. We won't yeah. facilitate them getting food, but if they somehow manage to get some, we'll allow, we'll let we'll them. allow it. <laughs> Gotta let them eat. Okay. We're a cool, inclusive place. Okay. Um, can I thank some people as yes, well? Yes, please. I would love to thank from Berwick here in Victoria as well. Love to thank Ali and Caitlin Collingwood. Ali and Caitlin Collingwood. Great names. Great names. Uh, Collingwood, obviously, you think of the Magpies uh, mm. football team. Oh, the demon eyes of Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but they, they saw uh, Nathan Buckley mm-hmm. playing tennis. Yep, <gasps> and his pants fell down. Breaking quarantine. <laughs> With his pants off. With his pants off. Well, they, they mistook Nathan Buckley's brown demon eye. Demon brown eye. <laughs> For an alien. <laughs> That's an un- That's a- Jesus. If they UFOs start- flying low. You know, if they started explaining stuff with such outrageous explanations, it was Oprah's helicopter. It was Nathan Buckley's brown eye. You'd be like, well, like, that's so specific. It's probably true. Yeah, they say, like, if you want to tell a convincing lie to put put an embarrassing detail in there. Well, that's embarrassing for Nathan Buckley. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going the brown eye route like you guys did. I was just going for, like, a... His bum doesn't see a lot of sunshine, right. so it's a bit pale. Yeah, he's oh. a bit pasty, glary. Pasty ass. Wow, yeah. and in the middle of that, pasty ass. <laughs> <laughs> a brown eye, yes. I, yeah, Bun, uh, Berwick. I th- mm-hmm. think of Berwick. The only, th- my, the, I reckon, I don't know if he's still there, but there used to be radio ads all the time for Barry Burke from Berwick. Oh, wow. He had a, like a used car dealership. <laughs> Come to Barry Burke from Berwick. I hope Barry's was, still around. Uh, there was also, um, <laughs> couple, this is also from Berwick. Uh, David Nutter Motors. Oh, David Nutter Motors. Which always, uh, and my dad knew David Nutter, and I thought that was a, an amazing <laughs> name. Great it's name. very good. It's David a, Nutter. Yeah, I guess in some ways Berwick is Australia's uh, Motown, Motor City. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, I would argue Ringwood, what with Car City Ringwood. Oh, yeah. Keep your eyes open for a bargain. <laughs> Keep your eyes open for a bargain. Cast it in! Free advertising there. Yeah, fantastic. I went there once and um, oh, I a, didn't like it. It's a piece of shit. Um, so there's real the bad. anti-advertising square, yeah. old yeah. square. Um, I would also love to thank from Ash in Surrey in, the, in Great Britain, 
Aaron Wheaton. Oh, King Willie Wheaton. Um, oh, I would. That's who he, he actually saw. King Willie Wheat. Wow. King Willie Wheaty out in the field, uh, creating a big crop circle. Yeah. But he was just having a piss. It oh. just happened that he made a big circle pattern. With piss. Circular pattern. How yeah. big wow. is he? King Willie Wheaty. Yeah. Come on, he's the king. He's the king. Sure, I don't. But I, that- He's a piece of wheat. Okay. Are they so likely? Probably, probably quite in, big, hey. Is Aaron in Surrey <laughs> likely to know what the hell we're talking about? Oh, yeah. Everyone knows yeah. a King, King Willy Weedy. I assume King Willy Weedy is an international spokesperson Icon. Icon. for breakfast cereal. Yeah. And if not, I mean, what the fuck? You know what I mean? What the fuck? Yeah. What uh, the fuck? Lots so of there you go, Aaron Wheaton. Enjoy that. Um, enjoy seeing King Willy Weedy. <laughs> Um, and finally, I would love to thank from Dunn in NC, uh, I'm just going to move on, Keith Williams. Well, a fun fact is Fuck! that uh, <laughs> they changed their fire engines from red to blue. Oh, is that it? Yeah. yeah. i got to relearn that fact. Well done. Uh, I can't remember why, but that is a, that's a thing. Red oh, to blue. because of the uh, team. Because of a team? Oh, was it because of the university team? I don't know if I'm fact about them as well. Something to do with Michael Jordan's shorts. No, shut up. (laughs) His shorts actually changed fire engine fashion forever. (laughs) Forever. He was pretty influential, I hear. Does that have anything to do with what Keith Williams saw? Uh, Oh, Keith Williams, Keith. Yeah, he saw uh, Keith Richards falling out of a coconut (laughs) tree. What? A coconut tree? Yeah. I think he got pretty badly hurt there, but uh, we saw it happen. And and when he fell out, uh, all he could hear was a noise that he could he described as unearth-like. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. He'd never it was he'd never heard it on Earth before. Wow. Which is the only place he'd been. Right. But, yeah. He's like that must be an alien because the sound was like. Sorry, that sounds. Is that a UFO? Landing. Is that how they recorded Jumping Jack Flash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's always his. That's part of his guitar part. Amazing. Never climb a coconut tree whilst playing guitar, unless Keith Richards. Yeah, unless (laughs) you're rolling on the tape, because he's going to get you a little bit of genius. On your Keith. On your Keith. I would finally like to thank you, if I may. Please. From Dublin, Lisa Monaghan. Lisa Monaghan. Um, Lisa saw Bono. Oh, oh yeah, those sunglasses. The crane man himself. <laughs> and she thought, alien! Yeah. And then went, oh, it's his glasses. Oh, no. That's Bono. That's just That's Bono. the demon eyes of Bono. <laughs> Oh, and she's because she's from Dublin. She probably hates him. She hates him. She yelled out, "Do your taxes, you prick." Do your taxes, yeah. You, yeah. you don't belong here, you alien. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> pretty brutal, Sorry Lisa. Sorry to put pretty words brutal. in your mouth, there, Lisa, but I think you'll agree with us. Yeah, that's a good one. Good on you, Lisa. <laughs> they actually took him away. The FBI. Yeah. The FBI's took him away. Yeah. The demon FBI. Right, and his demon FBI's. Yeah, thank you for getting there. I couldn't get it. You knew it was there, and that's all that counts. something. So thanks, Lisa Monaghan. Don't worry, we've taken care of Bono. (laughs) Taken care of Bono (laughs) every day. (laughs) I would love to thank now from Redditch in Worcester. 
in the greatest of Britons, Ellie Nicholas. Nicholas. Ellie Nicholas. That's a great name. As always, fantastic set of names. Oh, Ellie Nicholas saw a big old. It was just. I mean, this is a classic, but she saw a weather balloon, mm-hmm. which Whoa. had a picture on it. Of an alien. <laughs> no. Yeah. She was pranked. It was like a Roswell alien head weather balloon. Okay. And they were like going, we'll just lean right into it. And Ellie's like, holy fuck, that's a huge Roswell headed alien. The fuck? So I think in a lot of ways Ellie was right to um, call that one in. Yeah. yeah. She's like more of a just to better be safe than sorry. Absolutely, yeah. She wasn't like, she wasn't completely terrified. She got, she was a bit spooked mm. and thought, you know what? Going to do the mature thing she here. She did a double we take. one like 800 aliens Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> that's a good double take. Ooh. Yeah. Thanks, Ellie Nicholas. did a triple-double take You there. just inspired a triple-double. It's never been done before. Never been done, never been attempted, but it <laughs> happened here tonight. All right. Wow. I would finally like to thank, uh, from Glasgow, Lewis Gemmel. Lewis. Lewis Gemmel. Lewis Gemmel. He saw... It was a frisbee. <gasps> no. But it was being thrown by an alien. <laughs> right. Oh God. Yeah. Focus on the right part, Lewis. <laughs> Where did they get the frisbee from? So he called in the feds. The feds came in. He's like, there's an alien here. And they came in. They grabbed the frisbee, handcuffed it, took yep. it away. Yep. Wow. And the aliens just stood there going, what the what? fuck, what man? The fuck? I, was I was playing with that. I was playing with that frisbee, man. That, now you tell my apologize to my kid, and then it was a little kid alien. Yeah, which Lewis, Lewis didn't see. It was like he turned around, he saw this little kid like welling up, all all teary because it was his favorite. Yeah, his favorite frisbee. And Lewis was like, honestly, the wasn't the fr- I was talking about you guys. Yeah, so I wanted to you get actually, you locked up. You actually did pretty well out of this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird they didn't take you. They handcuffed a frisbee. It's did honestly you see that? shocking. It's really strange. Maybe they were aliens. How do they even cuff a frisbee? Yeah. Good luck. They uh, they punched holes. They in do it. some mm. uh, scientific experiments on it. Yeah, and yeah. then it implanted some of the frisbee DNA in Dana Scully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, she yeah. is now part frisbee. She has given birth to five frisbees. Wow. Yeah, it was very painful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the doctor caught them all. So <laughs> it was pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, it's a frizz boy. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't quite work for girls. So uh... Uh, no. Frizz baby. <laughs> Frizz baby. <laughs> Frizz booby. <laughs> oh, we are losing it. Do we have anything else to do? Oh, we've got to. Oh, we've, of course, we've got to uh, welcome in anyone into the Triptych Club. Let's have a look. Um, I'm sitting out on the road, out in front of the club, checking the guest list with a clipboard, with a velvet rope. <laughs> Jess is inside, doing some last minute. Cocktail shaking. Yep. Dave's booking the band. He's looking stressed, actually. Did you yeah. remember, Dave? Oh, thank goodness. I heard Aliens and I thought, you know what? You know what Crackpot believes in those? Tom DeLong oh, from Angels get... and <laughs> Airwaves. I'm afraid it wasn't the good one. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, because he was in multiple other bands that were That's better right. than that. No, we could have had Boxcar Racer as well. But no, it is Angels and Airwaves. So sorry. <laughs> Do not ask him to play Damn It. Yeah, that'll really fire him up. Yeah. Uh, well, let's have a look if anyone is being welcomed into the club today on episode... <laughs> what episode are we doing right now? 269. 269. Oh, nice. nice. Is that what you asked? 
Sure. sure. Comedy's always, always on your mind. Well, that means that we've got four inductees oh, wow. into the club this week. Firstly, from Brisbane in Queensland. I'm pretty sure I know this person quite well. It's Kate Johnson. Did you guys meet Katie Johnson at yes. one of our shows sometimes? Kate, welcome to the club. It's Oh, it's I'm meant to be hyping time. up, aren't I? Yeah. Don't wait. Kate! <laughs> yeah! Yes. CJ! Not bad when he had no idea what he was Absolutely. supposed to be doing. So now that we've got the momentum going, Fantastic. hit us with number two. I mean, hit us with number normally two. I do go, explain that. So yeah, you, yeah, I sorry. thought I was explaining it for the audience when I explained it, but I was really explaining it for Dave. Yeah. I, also th- I was also thinking there'll be some sort of cocktails on the menu. Oh, don't yes. Worry. No, no, no. Do I've that. jumped no. in. Okay. We've got some momentum. Yeah, keep going. We've absolutely yeah, lost. CJ! Don't wait. Yes. Also, from Quesnel. In BC, Canada, <laughs> Kelly Trey. Could you BC any more Kelly Trey? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Woo! I mean, I can't do anything with Quesnel. Yeah, no. You, you did the right thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Kelly Trey. From oh, Brunswick in Victoria, it's Evan Munro-Smith. <laughs> we could just go get him. <laughs> uh, can I just say... Oh hi, Evan. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's he's good. actually, but he he does support us as gamey gamey game. That's disappointing. Yeah. This night's not going to be lamey lamey lame. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Welcome to the Triptage Club. Jeez, Evan, that's a great effort. And also, finally, from London in England, in Great Britain, it's Anna Cox. <laughs> Throw a spanner in the works. How about we throw an Anna in the works? Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. And Jess, what all does? What drinks are we we handing out tonight? Everything is alien themed. Ooh. So uh, you will be eating off frisbees, but they're painted like UFOs. Whoa. Um, and you can get, you know, frog in a pond. Yeah. Now, uh, alien in a river. Oh wow. <laughs> got really long, like gravy boats filled with jelly, and then <laughs> tiny little edible lollipops. Long- Aliens. This it's honestly stuff. not a good week. Wow. No, that, that's great. <laughs> also, every cocktail has Maduri in it, so it's green. Oh, oh my green. God. We'll Fantastic. all be shitting green all week. Yeah, uh, we will. Woo! The illusions will be a- a- alien. And if you <laughs> if you ask nicely, we might, <laughs> we might deliver your drink uh, through a probe. Oh, right up your butt. All right, love that. We're via Rochelle. All right, so that brings us to the end of this episode. What a fucking schmuzzle. It all, the wheels fell right off at the end. Would you want it any other way? No. I mean, (laughs) yes, probably, but... (laughs) Anyway, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Find us at DoGoOn and all of the things. That's right. Hit us up at DoGoOnPod.com. Lots of links for you to check out. But we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, thanks so much for listening and goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 